You're listening to the Canadian Investor Protection Fund podcast channel. Here we connect with industry leaders and experts in the financial sector. Welcome to the CIPF podcast series, Investor Protection in Times of Crisis. This podcast of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund, or CIPF for short, is focused on regulation in times of crisis. The regulator that we are focused upon today is the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada, or IROC for short. IROC is the self-regulatory organization also known as the SRO, responsible for the regulation and supervision of investment dealers across Canada. At CIPF, we rely quite heavily on IROC's regulatory and supervisory framework. We also closely collaborate on a number of initiatives, including this podcast. I am so pleased to have Claudine Bienvenue as our guest today. Welcome, Claudine. Claudine is Vice President, Quebec and Atlantic Canada at IROC. We will be discussing the work done by Claudine and her team in Montreal to successfully navigate through this current crisis. We are delighted to have you here today with us. Ilana, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So to start, Claudine, can you describe the ways in which IROC modified its processes over this past year in response to the COVID-19 pandemic? Some examples might include the way that firms are audited or how hearings are conducted. Hello, Elena. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this podcast. As a regulatory organization, IROC was put to the test to find a balance between ensuring the ongoing protection of the investing public and the health of the financial markets while supporting the industry to adapt its processes in the pandemic and still continue to evolve. We have learned a lot in the last 15 months, not only on our role of regulator, but also as an employer. And like the industry we regulate, we too have adapted and learned to be even better. To begin with, um, all the departments from registration to enforcement, including compliance and market surveillance, adapted very, very quickly to working remotely. As you mentioned in your opening, Ilana, IRAC is responsible for regulating and supervising investment dealers and their employees. We must make sure that dealer members and their registrants comply with all of the rules to which they are subject and more specifically with those relating to business conduct, financial operation and trading conduct. To this end, our teams conduct examination of the dealer member firms and individual registrants. Previously, examination were conducted on site at the dealer member premises. Since March 2020, the teams have conducted all examination remotely using computer, video interviews, WebEx meetings, visual examination of branches via video. A lot of tools were used. 
Documents are sent electronically and analysis is done as usual, but from a remote location. The examination schedule was respected. We did not cut back on the number of examination planned before the pandemic. We are very proud of that. Although adjustments were made at the start, I can tell you that today it is business as usual. The Canadian financial industry, like its counterparts around the world, has had to adapt very quickly. What were theoretical scenarios in business continuity plans have become realities with the lockdown and after the fact we find that the plan has worked. Thank you Claudine for that very detailed response. So in the matter of market surveillance are there any observations that you'd like to make for our listeners? In the matter of market surveillance the challenge was huge Ilana. The financial markets cannot operate effectively without the trust of the investors and industry participants. And that trust depends on the fair and orderly trading of all equity and debt securities. The detection of manipulative practices is therefore as essential during a pandemic as it is in normal circumstances. If you had asked us 15 months ago, whether market surveillance could be done outside the surveillance rooms in Toronto and Vancouver, I think that off the cuff, our answer would have been no, but we would have been wrong. IROC's information technology team set up a complete suite of secure surveillance technologies in the homes of every trading surveillance analyst with video links to each of their co-workers. In essence, we created a virtual surveillance room for our teams in Toronto and Vancouver in a matter of days. Our analytics department, which focus on automated solutions, also put its shoulder to the wheel. As an example, during the volatile period of February and March 2020, nearly 4 billion trades were executed. The analytics team dissected these transactions to determine whether there had been any abnormal short selling that might have contributed to the volatility. A few years ago, it would have taken weeks if not months to conduct those analyses, whereas at the start of the pandemic, it took just a few days and all with a team working virtually. And I can tell you that the analysis was careful, thorough, and had a significant impact on our capacity to monitor the markets. Claudine, it sounds like your team rose to the occasion adapted incredibly well in the area of market surveillance and really did in a few days, as you said, what in normal times would have taken far longer. So I really must say we applaud your team and uh, under your leadership for having been able to successfully navigate through that. And picking up on the topic of how to adapt and really 
be flexible in the face of these challenges. Can you describe how the management of investigations and hearings was adapted during this time? Ilana, I just want to make sure that it's clear it's the teamwork that we did during this pandemic. So it's not only Montreal, it's not only Toronto, it's all IROC. So I just want to emphasize this before answering your question. So uh, yes, the management of investigation and hearings has also undergone a good deal of adaptation. In the event that IROC's rules are contravened, the firms and the registrants may be subject to investigation and, if necessary, disciplinary proceedings. Before the pandemic, investigative interviews and disciplinary hearings were conducted in person. The day after the lockdown, all in-person hearings were adjourned, and we replaced them with electronic hearings that took place by phone or by video conference. This means that each of the three members who make up an hearing panel proceed from their own homes. The parties represented by legal counsel are each in their own homes, and witnesses are also heard by video conference. To support the parties, a guide titled Best Practices for Electronic Proceedings was published in the months that followed the lockdown. The guide outlines both the technical and practical aspect of holding an electronic disciplinary hearing. IROC staff quickly shifted into problem-solving mode to make sure we fulfill our mandate. The example I have just given are fragmented. However, each department made sure their job were done well, despite the difficulties related to the pandemic. Continuing along the same theme, have you or any of your team members observed best practices during your review of firms throughout this period? The Canadian financial industry, like its counterpart around the world, has had to adapt quickly. What were theoretical scenarios in business continuity plans have become reality. The dealer member have adapted extremely quickly as well. Communication with the clients was, for many, a crucial element for solidifying trust, especially in the early weeks when market volatility was significant and anxiety at its highest. The transfer of a majority of activities from the office to the employee's residence complicated certain ways of doing things, such as the supervision of registered representatives. But the dealer members quickly found solutions, which were more often than not technological, to meet their obligation. The identification of secure means of making clients' electronic signatures accessible is certainly here to stay. We invested heavily in training on cybersecurity, staff awareness, and client awareness these past few months. This awareness of the risk of cyber attacks will survive the pandemic. It was already a concern, but it is now part of our DNA for most of us, I think. 
I think that in the future, talks about a business continuity plan will no longer be taken lightly. Technological challenge like the te technological supply chain problem, internet connectivity, the identification of secure communication tools will be among the solutions sought. Claudine, when you spoke about cybersecurity and you know security training becoming part of all of our DNA, I could not agree more. At CIPF, our information technology department has also been quite visionary. You spoke about how your department had put in place a number of amazing tools and frameworks for your market surveillance team. And similarly, with respect to cybersecurity, you know, we often joke that we're very super secure now because we are always vigilant and always really on the lookout for anything that is not quite right when we are reviewing electronic communication. And I think that I agree, that is part of our DNA now and it is and it will be a legacy going forward after the pandemic. And you know, you spoke earlier as well about some of the challenges that IROC has faced, both as a regulator and as an employer. Many of us and many of your listeners will be able to relate to this. And can you describe for our listeners some of your greatest challenges during this time? At the start of the pandemic, I would say that the greatest challenges were to ensure that our mission to protect investing public and the integrity of the market would be not compromised. I don't know about you, Elena, but on March 13, 2020, we were thinking and I was thinking that we would be back in the office in a few days or weeks. We therefore had to be both creative and agile on identifying solution. We made sure that all of the staff were protected and received the necessary support to cope with personal and professional challenges. IROC was already to go fully remote because we had just completed a multi-year investment in a flexible cloud-based technological infrastructure. It wasn't all perfect, but we had a basis to enable us to get to work by day, not one, but I would say two. I am not saying it was easy. Many colleagues had to balance work and family simultaneously. Although we tried to accommodate and help those who were faced with this reality, the challenge was monumental for families with children, and I have, my God, boundless admiration for what they accomplished. This uncommon situation called for uncommon solution to enable dealer members to start working remotely and fast. So for example, IROC's board of directors delegated certain person within IROC the authority to grant exemptions. In May 2021, 232 applications were received from 74 firms of different size and business models and from every region. Every application, Elena, was analyzed by the compliance or registration teams in order to find the best way of accomplishing our mission of protection of investor and the integrity of the market. 
each application was studied by the delegates and a decision was made collegially. Another challenge to carry on with ongoing projects while making adaptation when necessary. For instance, the plain language rules whose implementation was postponed to the end of 2021. The challenges have been many, and I have to say that the proactivity and commitment of every member of the IROC team made a difference. Thank you, Claudine. It was very inspiring to hear you speak about how each member of the IROC team contributed to the successful navigation of IROC through this time, especially those with particular family circumstances or other issues that they were facing, all the while trying to balance everything and really working towards the protection of investors and the fostering of market integrity. And one thing that you referred to earlier related to communication during times of crisis. So my next question to you is about how would you convey and how do you convey confidence to your stakeholders during times of crisis? What have been some of the more effective communications tools that you and your team have put in place over the past 15 plus months? Thank you, Ilana, for this question. Because in time of crisis like this pandemic, communication, I think, is crucial. Whether it, it is electronic to reach all members by video conference for more limited groups or by phone, communication is essential to maintain contact, to check in with our team and members, and to identify problems and find solutions. I would like to highlight one of the many initiatives that we were implemented since the start of the pandemic. Once a week, IROC President Andrew Kriegler invites all staff members to a video conference. For 30 minutes every week, Andrew answers, explains, reports on current projects, listens to the team. To be able to talk to the big boss once a week, ask questions, share a few laughs, is one initiative that helped us maintaining contact. In fact, one of the team requests is that these meetings continue after we go back to the office. Among the communication tools, video conferences have played a dominant role be it for internal meeting, meeting with investment firm or registrant, as well as interviews during investigation and disciplinary hearings. We are also learning how to use those tools. When I say learn, I am also talking about being aware that these meetings cannot go on for three, four hours, as would happen before. One has to be prepared and be very humble, I think, and ask for help when the technology is beyond us. Regarding the dealer members and investors, the publication of guidance on the interpretation of dealer member rules, our position on ways of doing things has also been crucial. IROC staff have endeavored to respond quickly and communicate our position regarding many situations. 
work from home and the notion of business location, we published a notice outlining our approach and our expectation. E-signature, subject to condition laid out in the guidance, electronic signatures are allowed. Furthermore, exemption have been granted when a handwritten signature was required, but the pandemic made strict application difficult for members. Cyber attacks. The pandemic increased the risk of cyber attacks for both firms and investors. From March 2020 to date, we published seven notices on cybersecurity, including one directed specifically at investors. The most recent notice describes what firm and their employee must do to guard against a ransomware attack. So you mentioned the importance of communication, frequency of communication, the clarity of communication. We have noticed that as well at CIPF, Claudine, because really when everybody is working from home and you know, you mentioned also at the outset, employee engagement and you know, participation, we have found that holding you know, fairly frequent town halls and having a lot of communication, both verbal and by email from our president and CEO, Roseanne Rosell, that is also very helpful. It does keep uh, employees engaged and still feeling as though they are continuing to be part of a larger organization rather than simply being at home. I agree with you that it it is something that can transcend the pandemic. It can be a legacy in the sense that we are all learning to communicate more frequently, I believe more effectively and with greater clarity because it, it has been absolutely necessary during this, these unusual times. Um, and so unfortunately, we're turning now to our final question. And really the question is a bit of a wrap up in terms of talking about the most valuable lessons you've learned to date while leading your team during these challenging times. You've spoken about a lot of the lessons already, but if there were some that you would like to leave our listeners with, I know they would appreciate that. Every person on the team is an essential asset to keep us on course in a crisis. We may be at a turning point in the pandemic with the vaccine. And when I look at the work that was accomplished in the last 15 months, I find that the pandemic gave the IROC team some unique opportunities to get to know and help each other. I think that we have also learned to have a management approach that is always in a state of becoming, always developing, never complete. The pandemic also accelerated the need for us to be more flexible and agile in our member relation. 15 months ago, the world changed, forcing everyone in every field, perhaps forever, from restaurant owners to car dealerships to family doctors to scrutinize how they work in the context of a new normal. It has also changed how we live, forcing us to rely more than ever on cooperation, mutual respect, keeping our word transparency and approaches that are still developing and which we will discover upon 
our return to the normal life. And Ilana, I want to thank you to, for, to, to have given me the opportunity to uh, discuss this and to share those thinking with uh, you. Thank you, Ilana. Oh, well, thank you so much, Claudine. It really has been a pleasure. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that we're at the end of this podcast recording because your comments and remarks have been so thought-provoking and inspiring to both me and to our listeners. And so I really do sincerely thank you from uh, me and from CIPF for participating and taking the time to do this with us. From my perspective, I'm coming away from this discussion with three key takeaways. In addition to all of those that you had provided in response to the last question, I really like what you said, Claudine, about we're all always in a state of becoming. And that has that could not be more true than during the time of this pandemic, because we have all had to learn that, you know, every day we are learning to be more flexible, more adaptable and agile and resilient in the face of this situation. Second, we're all learning to be even better. And I think, you know, we have all learned that and, and we can learn to do that uh, day to day. I'd also say that technology has played a pivotal role in all of our lives during this time. In fact, we're recording this uh, podcast on a platform that I would not have known existed 15 months ago. And so it is quite amazing that we're able to do this virtually. And I think it's really a testament to this pandemic that we can do that and are embracing it. And then, you know, finally, we can continue to learn best practices from one another and communication, continued communication and collaboration, as you said, Claudine, is really the key. And I really value the relationship that we have with you and with all of um, the folks at IROC. So, you know, that is one certainly example of a very good and strong collaborative relationship that we hope to continue to have in the future. So thank you again, Claudine, for taking the time to speak with us today. I would also like to thank our listeners for your attention and interest in this CIPF podcast series. We look forward to welcoming you back to our next recording. And in the meantime, wish you well from all of us at CIPF. Thank you, Elena. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all CIPF podcasts. More information about the speakers and what we discussed today can be found in the show notes. Please note that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute advice of any kind. Thank you for listening.